0: And welcome back to the Kate Languages podcast. This is the third episode of season three of the podcast, and this episode is actually being released a day later than normal on Tuesday, the 20th of September, because Monday, the 19th of September, 2022, as many of you will know, is the Queen's funeral. And I decided, I don't know, I kind of ummed and ahd for a while, and I decided I didn't want to release a podcast episode on that particular day. So I've postponed it and it will be released on Tuesday the 20th instead. And with that in mind, I had a good think about my topic for this episode of the podcast. I was going to release a really interesting chat that I've had with a really, really fabulous person but I will tell you more about that next week and I will be releasing that next week instead I just feel I wanted to reflect the mood of the nation a little bit at the moment obviously it's a massive turning point in the history of our country whether you love the monarchy or don't really like them very much at all The death of the Queen has been something that is a huge, huge turning point in our country, as I say, and I just felt I wanted to reflect that a little bit in the podcast this week. So I decided that I'm going to talk about the types of topics in MFL that can be quite sensitive. So I was thinking, I mean, it sounds a bit morbid saying I was thinking about death and family and things like that quite a lot since the news of the Queen's death broke and I was thinking about how people might be teaching that and whether you do incorporate that kind of thing into your MFL lessons and I don't know personally you know as many of you know I'm not in the classroom at the moment I won't be including anything like this in my teachers courses this week but what I did think would be appropriate would be to talk about topics that can be very sensitive for some students so when you're thinking about family perhaps people you know you don't know how many students in your class have lost family members maybe when they were tiny or maybe very recently and that's one of the topics I'm going to talk about that I think we need to handle with sensitivity so as i say the first topic that i think we need to handle really really sensitively within the mfl classroom is the topic of family now it's really important to teach family vocabulary it's simple everyday language in terms of grammar it's a really good opportunity to teach masculine and feminine because they're very simple tangible ideas where you can actually link them to masculine and feminine, but As I just alluded to, children's family lives might not be all sunshine and roses. There might have been recent deaths in the family, or even when they were children. Their parents might have divorced, separated, be in the process of divorcing or separating. They might have difficult relationships with one or both, sadly, of their parents. They might have difficult relationships with their siblings. They might not have a sibling absolutely awful to think about but some of them might have lost a sibling they might be separated from their siblings through fostering adoption etc etc I'm not going to go into all the ways in which family life can be difficult but I do think we need to bear these things in mind but we do also need to teach this vocabulary so my ideas for teaching family related vocabulary in a very sensitive way are first of all to use completely made up families. So I know that some textbooks have families that they kind of follow through the textbook or they have characters that they follow through the textbook. I think this is a really lovely way of doing things because you almost like you learn about these families throughout the time that you are learning the language. So that's one way of doing it, completely made up family, either through a textbook or one that you've made up yourselves or using famous families. Now again, this needs to be done sensitively and carefully. I've always thought maybe using the Simpsons could work, but frankly, I don't know whether students these days know about the Simpsons. There might be other families that you think, oh, they would all be interested in, I don't know, the Kardashians, for example, but maybe (laughs) there's quite a few people in the class who aren't interested in the Kardashians. You might think, oh, we could do the royal family, And then again, right now, that would be a very sensitive, perhaps difficult thing for some people to do. And also, again, they might not know anything, but or be interested in the Royal Family. This is where I think getting to know your class and finding out the types of things that they're interested in, what are their interests, who are they interested in, and then planning your lessons around that could be a really, really good way of doing it. So which famous people are they interested in? Who do they know about? Yeah, what do they want to know about them? So that's my ideas for talking about family in a really sensitive way, but also making sure that you teach the relevant vocabulary, which, as I keep saying, is really important for them to learn. Another topic which can be very difficult for students to talk about is holidays. I remember when I was at school we were often asked what did you do on holiday, where did you go over the summer holidays etc. Now for me that was that was fine, we often went to Spain for our summer holidays and my parents were teachers so they were, they were off and we had a lovely time. For a lot of students holidays can be really difficult either even just talking about what they did over the summer because they might have been stuck at home, again difficult relationships with family, siblings etc, they might not have had a very nice summer holiday. They might have never been anywhere on their summer holidays. And I think in 2022, in particular, we need to be really, really aware that a lot of people are really, really struggling financially at the moment. So to talk about foreign holidays, flying places, going on holiday, you know, staying in hotels, etc., etc., is something that is so beyond the everyday experience of so many families in the UK and in many countries And also thinking about the past few years of pandemic as well. You know, they might not remember any holiday that they may have been on pre-pandemic either. So again, this is just something I think we need to be really aware of and really sensitive when we talk about it. My tips for how to deal with this are... You could get them to plan a dream holiday, so either using the internet, I mean you could even go old school and go into TUI or something and get some brochures and they can actually plan a dream holiday and then they can talk about how they will will get there, how uh, how much it will cost, where they will stay, what activities they will do on this holiday, etc, etc. You can, again, thinking about famous people or really, really rich people, imagine that you are Kim Kardashian, for example, if they know who they are, who Kim Kardashian is. (laughs) Imagine you're someone super, super rich and you're planning an absolutely amazing holiday or you've been on an amazing holiday. It depends whether you want to teach the future tense or the past tense or you know what your grammar uh, focus is as well so yeah imagining that you're somebody really really famous and you're describing your holiday for a lot of students this will need a lot of input and a lot of scaffolding because as i say it's so far beyond their everyday experience that they need the input and the ideas never ever be annoyed or cross with a child who doesn't understand the concept of going on a flight Or staying in a hotel or even the idea of a passport for example. Again this is just something that we need to be super aware of and really really sensitive when we're thinking about these lessons. Another tip for thinking about holidays is that you can actually combine this with learning about target language country culture. So you can teach a lesson about typical holiday resort in a target language country you teach them about where it is in the country what types of things there are there what activities there are there etc and then they talk about or write about this particular place so they're still using the key vocabulary and even if you want to be doing transport for example you know you would teach them how to say well i would love to go skiing in switzerland i would fly there or something i would go by airplane again it depends on your grammar point they might have to use their imagination to pretend they've already been there if you want to do the past tense But I think this is a really, really exciting opportunity to learn about the target language countries and a bit of the culture surrounding tourism in those countries. The third topic that I think needs to be dealt with really sensitively, and I got a bit of a rude awakening quite early in my career with something like this. A student asked me a very, I don't know, a student asked me a question, when we were talking about houses and they said "Um, miss how do you say my living no my bedroom is also the living room and it really stopped me in my tracks and I thought oh yes okay people come from very very different houses ever since then I thought, right, again, this is something we need to be really sensitive about. Some people might not want to talk about their home. They might feel embarrassed by it. I mean, and this could be people who live in really big houses as well, just might feel embarrassed that their house is a lot bigger than their classmates' house or their house is smaller than their classmates' house. They might not have a home. They might be staying with grandparents. They might be staying in a hostel. They could be homeless and, you know, living in temporary accommodation. Again, this relates back to the family, that they could be living with an aunt and uncle. They could be living in foster care, and they just don't want to talk about the house. Their parents might be divorced. They live in two separate houses. They don't know which house to describe. It can be a bit of a minefield. And again, we just need to be really mindful and sensitive when we're thinking about describing houses. So again... One of my top tips for how to deal with this is to just make up a house or use a real house look on right move or something like that and everybody describes the same house together so you could be looking at i don't know the types of houses that they have on selling sunset for example these enormous mansions with the swimming pool etc cetera, etc cetera, or just a really normal house although Chances are, if it's a local one, it could be someone's auntie's house, so be careful with that. Um, But yeah, or different types of houses that you can find on the internet. Look at the floor plans, look at the pictures, and describe those houses, instead of them having to talk about their own houses. It's a great opportunity to find out about houses and apartments in the target language countries. Again, you could look on the equivalent of Right Move or something like that in France, Germany, Spain, wherever, and find. A, I mean, there's no such thing as a typical house, and I think that's a really important point to get across as well, actually. But to find a home that is for sale, and again, look through, look at the picture, so you can describe the rooms, look at the floor plans, etc., etc., and use those houses to practice the vocabulary instead of them actually having to talk about their own house. The fourth one I would like to talk about is celebrations. Everybody celebrates different things and everybody celebrates things in different ways. And again, this is just something we need to be a little bit aware of and a little bit sensitive about. I believe that with Britain being a Christian country and with things like Easter and Christmas being bank holidays and being national celebrations i don't think there is anything wrong with focusing on things like christmas and easter in your lessons and when we think about the main countries where the languages we're most likely to be teaching so french german and spanish if we think about countries like france germany and spain they do celebrate christmas and easter because they are also predominantly christian countries And I don't think there's anything wrong with looking at how they celebrate them in different countries and talking about them. However, again, we just need to be aware. And I know this is probably a really obvious thing to say, but we just need to be aware that many of our students will have different religions and different beliefs and they will celebrate different festivals and things like that and i think again this is a great opportunity to not only learn about target language country culture but also the cultures of the countries where our students might come from or where their ancestors might come from and the religions that they might practice again as i was talking about with family It's a really good idea to get to know your students and get to know their personal interests and a bit about their background. So you can ask them, what are the really, really important festivals and celebrations that you have with your family? And as they're coming up, you can prepare something, even if it's just a starter activity in the target language with a few sentences and a few bits of information or get them to tell you something about it and you can work out how you can put it into the target language together about whatever their celebration might be. This needs to be done, again, very sensitively and you need to treat all students equally if they want to talk about the celebrations that they have together with their families. I'm sure you can find plenty of things online about for example Ramadan or Diwali whatever other celebration they might want to talk about and I'm sure you can find lots and lots of things in the target language online as well. The fifth topic that I think we need to deal with sensitively is food and restaurants or cafes. This is something that when I put a question out on social media, asking people for their input and their advice and the types of things that they think we need to deal with sensitively, was this, this was something that came up quite a few times. And I've got to be honest, I hadn't really thought about it myself. And as soon as somebody mentioned it as a kind of thing where you go, oh, yes, of course, yes, this is something that can be a very difficult sensitive issue so the reasons for food being a difficult issue could be eating disorders either within the students themselves or friends or family this may be a problem for people who have been told that they are overweight and have been issues with their weight throughout their lifetime or you know recently or whatever again It could be themselves, it could be their family. It could be an issue for people with food allergies. I know lots of teachers really love doing food tasting with food from the target language countries, which I love, I think it's a really, really great idea. Having a son myself who has a dairy allergy, I've realised this is gonna be a bit of a minefield for him as he gets older and it's something that we need to be aware of. So common allergies such as dairy, nuts, eggs and things like that will either mean that people miss out on these which is such a shame for them or it just means as a teacher you need to be aware that if you're doing food tastings with them croissant for example tend to have butter in but you can get them without buttering believe me we've had to do that because he does love a bit of a croissant or pan au chocolat things like that you can get the food without the allergens in you just need to be aware of it also vegetarian and vegan Um, some people are very very sensitive about the idea of eating any kind of meat if they've never eaten meat or if they've made a decision at some point in their lives not to eat meat if you're talking about Escargo for example the the idea for them of eating a snail is potentially so repulsive that you know you might actually really make them feel quite ill. This is not to say that you can't teach these topics. But again, almost a bit of a trigger warning or a bit of a, right, we're going to be talking about certain things. You know, this is important to learn about because it's part of the culture. You might not agree with it. You might think it's disgusting, but it's just the way it is. And this refers as well to the kind of exotic food that we might be talking about. That is stuff that, as I was talking about holidays, is so far beyond the everyday experience of some students lives that they really really struggle to identify with it but again that's not to say you don't teach about these things and I think one of the really important things about teaching modern foreign languages is that we open students eyes to different cultures from around the world and that we do it in such a way that there's an understanding that just because something is different doesn't mean that it's wrong you might not agree with it you might not want to partake in whatever this thing is, such as eating snails, but it doesn't mean that it's necessarily wrong or weird or horrible or whatever, that it's just different. And that to me is one of the key things that we do as MFL teachers. The other part of the food topic and issue is cafes and restaurants and again as i was saying about holidays never get cross with a kid if they genuinely have no concept of how to order food in a cafe if you have not been to a cafe or restaurant ever in your life where you sit down at a table and a waiter comes over and takes your order how on earth Can you be expected to have an idea of how to do that in, in English, let alone in your target language? So again, it's just an awareness and not to be frustrated or cross with them if you find that you need to put in more input than you had expected. It's, yeah, like I say, it's to do with their own cultural experiences and as I've been saying with other topics eating in a restaurant is beyond the means of so many people and again as I said earlier at the moment so many people are struggling and actually just thinking about the food issue as well talking about food banks could be really triggering and slightly embarrassing for some students i mean some students might love the fact that they use food banks and want to talk about it um again i've not come across this myself so i don't know how you know whether students even mention that their families might use food banks or whatever this relates to the next topic i'm going to talk about as well so i won't i won't go into too much detail about this but yeah so as as i've been saying all along just being aware that's basically that students might come from a very different background to you and that your fairly normal experiences of going to cafes or restaurants either in England or in the target language countries and ordering food and having a waiter come up to the table and knowing what to say to a waiter etc 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 could be so far beyond what these students have ever experienced in their everyday life that they just don't even know where to start so as i've been saying my tips for for teaching these kinds of things are always just to handle with sensitivity with the food i think a bit of a trigger warning not shying away from talking about these topics but just to make students aware that this is what we're going to be talking about if you know that a student has suffered from an eating disorder or if they've ever mentioned that someone in their family has it maybe even talk to them separately before the lesson like a week or two before to say this is the topic that's coming up I understand it might be difficult for you I'd love you to take part in the lesson I do understand if you would rather not take part in it and I'll find something else for you to do something like that you know just being really really super sensitive and aware whilst making sure that they do actually learn the key vocabulary that they need to learn especially if it's gcse and they need these words for the gcse in terms of the cafe restaurant issue show them videos the bbc website always used to have i mean they're pretty old-fashioned now they're probably filmed in the 80s or 90s but have they used to have videos of people Going into restaurants and ordering food, and they were quite nice. They had like the key language that would come up and things like that as well. I bet there's like loads of videos on YouTube as well of people ordering food in restaurants in French, German, and Spanish. So, giving them plenty of input into this is what you do when you go into a restaurant, these are the things you say, this is what a menu looks like, and that kind of thing before ever expecting them to do a role play or to create the language that you need never just go into a lesson going right we're going to pretend we're in a cafe today off you go okay just being really aware that that might be just impossible for some of the students in your class the last topic i'm going to talk about today in this episode is social issues. So this might be quite an obvious one because you know that as soon as you look at them that these are quite difficult issues. They're pretty depressing at the best of times. It seems to be something that the exam boards, particularly AQA, are a little bit obsessed with. There seem to be quite a few reading and listening tasks in the exams on social issues i don't really understand it yeah I, I don't know i find it a little bit strange personally but that's what they've decided to do social issues in the aqa syllabus for example include things like homelessness unemployment drug addiction alcoholism healthy living which as i was just talking about with the food could relate to eating disorders obesity and things like that Which could, again, be sensitive issues for students. Things like homelessness, I've discussed um, with houses and just be aware you never know where students are living unless you have specifically been told. But quite often you, you don't know if a student is living in a hostel and you just need to be super aware of that unemployment as well again we're in 2022 we're kind of going into a recession post pandemic there have been a lot of redundancies and things like that so unemployment could be a really really sensitive issue within a family another one that again you probably will know nothing about drug addiction and alcoholism you don't know what's going on in people's families it could be grandparents it could be aunties or uncles so yeah so there are so many of these social issues that again, need to come with a bit of a trigger warning and just need to be handled really, really sensitively. These are the ones that are harder. So family, holidays, houses, things like that, you can kind of detach the students from these and just talk about other people and put it out there as other people. When it comes to these social issues and even the food issue as well, it's harder to detach. So I just think if you have an awareness in any way that students family backgrounds might be a little bit um difficult in terms of alcoholism homelessness unemployment etc that you speak to the student beforehand maybe you talk to their form tutor and say this is what's coming up but it, it this is the one where it's a really difficult Line to walk, and a different you know, the balance is going to be really, really hard because you do have to teach this language for GCSE, but it could be something that's very, very difficult to talk about for quite a lot of students. My main tip for that would be maybe just look at newspaper article type things, so rather than talking about your own experiences and your own family, using newspaper articles whether it's in a textbook or whether it's from ones that you have found online and that's a way of detaching it as well so you're looking at it as a greater issue in society rather than a topic that you talk about about yourself or your own family so as I said I asked this question on social media about what are the sensitive topics that we need to think about in MFL the types of things that might come up that we need to just have that extra awareness about and I got lots of really good ideas and I started to realise this is actually a much bigger topic than I had initially thought. So I've given six topics today that I think are maybe slightly superficial and probably the easiest ones to talk about and to deal with. Other people mentioned things such as gender identity, and other topics that are much more complex, I do not have the knowledge and expertise to talk about them. So I'm very excited to say that I'm going to be talking to the wonderful Krista Hazel in a few weeks' time, and I'll be releasing a podcast episode with her where we're going to go into this type of thing in more depth. She has got a lot more, as I say, knowledge and understanding and experience and expertise than I do on these issues and I can't wait to talk to her about it. If you've ever done any of the Linguascope webinars you will have come across Krista and she does lots of talks on all sorts of important conferences and she works with ALL, and things like that as well so I'm really looking forward to talking to her and actually going into this topic in more depth and looking at some more issues that are not like I say these ones are maybe slightly more superficial maybe a bit more obvious and kind of easier to deal with and we're then going to look at topics that are yeah a bit more complex and delve deep into those so really really looking forward to having that conversation with her in a few weeks time so until then I hope you're having a lovely week and I will be back next week with a really great chat with the very lovely Lizzie Swan who is talking to us about SEN and particularly ADHD and autism in MFL which again is a really really interesting chat and I can't wait to share it with you. Okay, I will see you next week. Au revoir, adios, hasta Bye.